co-host from Roots of Creation. He's also a co-host on Emmanuel Kingman's show, Witness in the Storm. Uh, he hosts his own show, The Deep Share Podcast, Andy Rouse. How you doing, Andy? What's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I know uh, I'm new booty around here, but <laughs> I really wanted to get this spiritual show going because uh, I am very enamored with religion and spirituality. And I just feel like everybody has a different type of belief about it, even if it's sort of seems the same or they come from the same religious background. Everybody has a different kind of interpretation of what their spirituality is. And I, and I do think spirituality should be something left to the individual, but I also think that we can gain a little bit of insight into some of the people that we listen to on podcasts and see, you know, where their spirituality is too, as a person. Um, and, and maybe we can learn something from their spirituality that we don't yet understand about our own. And so I wanted to start this show to just talk about those things and and try to harmonize ourselves uh with each other in a way you know and That's so brilliant, man. I, I guess my first question is like spiritually or religiously what is it that makes you go what what is it that you know gets you going spiritually or what are your beliefs about well, I'd say what gets me going is new experiences, for sure. The ever-evolving fractal that is this existence. Uh, <laughs> to put it that way, uh, what gets me going. My beliefs um, are vast, and my belief about like what this all is, is kind of like an unnameable, unknowable thing that I dance around constantly, Yeah. <laughs> no matter how deep or shallow the conversation, it's kind of really always about it. Um, uh, I think it's uh, my beliefs are that we are more than our normal lives allow us to understand um, and that has to do with many different circumstances on many different levels. Um, 
but um but yeah <laughs> just to start us off yeah that's kind of i believe we're a lot more than what we appear to be but i i don't like to make too many a hundred percent accusations about anything uh I, I love talking beyond that point but i don't like to conclude anything beyond that point if that makes right. any sense so do you do you have like a higher power that you believe in or is it a universal power or is it an entity or how how do you i would describe that? it so I've had many different experiences, so I can definitely describe it in different ways, but just to kind of put it into a more simple kind of way is like, I've definitely experienced a very personal connection to something, maybe not better, maybe not stronger, greater, wiser, but uh, I, you know, I often quote <laughs> the movie Mothman prophecies because at one point, the one of the guys, you know, grabs the guy by the shoulder and points at at a window washer way up high on a skyscraper. And he says, um, you know, that guy from up there can see a car accident a lot further away and a lot faster than we can. That doesn't make him God. It just gives him a much higher perspective. And I think the personal higher perspective that I have had an experience with or a connection with uh, is um, what I'm now starting to describe as like a, uh, a culmination of all perspectives, basically like a, a superposition. If you're into quantum physics, that's my go-to kind of analogy. Cause it's kind of like the cutting edge science that people kind of know in their back pocket most of the time these days because of silly films, like what the bleep and, you know, just the, the pop culture references that have been going on for so long. Quantum physics works so well with this because it seems like it's the best science to describe what's going on with consciousness almost, you know what I mean? So this superposition, you know, that's like really, really taking the heart and the personality out of God, but it's like this. Yeah. It's like accidentally omniscient almost. It's like, yeah, we can get into that a little bit if you want, but yeah. Acc kind of a vague, weird accidental, answer. <laughs> accidental omniscience. Yeah, we could definitely extrapolate on that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the time is now. Um, okay, so psychedelics were definitely a huge part of my um, coming to God, coming to spirit, coming to asking questions, the mystery, whatever, all of it, all of the above. And I do like to use the word God, even though I'm not. I'm not even referring to it as a personal God at all. It's just kind of like, I always liked, liked it as a, I th thought it was a good word for what people think they know what it means, you know? So I like to use it sometimes. Well, what is it? What does it mean to you? God is this culmination, this part of all of us that is one. Uh, it's, it's very hard to describe honestly, because it's not mm -hmm. a part of us. We are a part of it. But at the same time, under psychedelics, 
I very deep psychedelic experiences that really put me at one point in the presence of this culmination, but then also put me into the perspective of that culmination. Mm -hmm. And what I experienced, at least in those, under those circumstances, was one, a deep, ancient loneliness, uh, which also was equivalent to a deep, ancient insanity of like an everlasting illusion. Hmm. I found, a, and I'm sure that a psychologist that is on the shallow end would probably say like, Oh my God, you're just projecting your self image into, you know, but I was, a, I, you know, when I had these experiences, I had a lot of, my life was in a very good place and I felt very good about myself. Like there was no deep rooted demons that made me feel this way. This was a totally objective, entertaining, almost experience, uh, not a personal thing in a sense where this experience was just somehow obvious. I don't know how, but the experience of being this culmination for even a split second uh, was absolute torture because it was absolute solitude, uh, like everlasting, everlasting loneliness lost in misunderstanding of what you even are of what this idea of being aware is like the root mm -hmm. of I am where even at that level, there is the, 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 the omniscience is just because of superposition, the knowing everything and being everywhere all at once is just because it is the culmination of all things. But if you put a consciousness into that, if you put a, experience as we perceive it into that it makes no sense and it doesn't compute and it's insane mm -hmm. um, is this making any sense or am uh, so, i so would you say like a cosmic consciousness or a galactic consciousness yes because and and so uh and i'm not <laughs> and, does, by... and does that fit into your worldview like is there a space is there space? What do you mean? Like, outer is there, space? yeah, is there space? Because, like, <laughs> is, if, if there's no space, then galactic consciousness has a completely different meaning or no meaning, right? Right. Well, so, I mean, are you asking me, is there space in like the context of like space is fake hashtag or something? Like, well, do or... you believe that space is, is real? Yes, whatever it is, whatever it's made up of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm teetering. In, I don't know about Earth shape or anything like that, but yeah, whatever space is, it's a real thing. Just like God is a real thing, whether you believe in it or not, it's a concept that absolutely is part of people's lives that you have to confront. Just mm -hmm. like we look up and we have an image of something, we have an experience of something that is there very meaningful in our in every single culture so yes whatever space is always a part of the equation and especially when it comes to the spiritual level of fractal 
you know, as above, so below space is the ultimate metaphor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, of course, space is always involved in my equation. Okay. And what about artificial, not artificial, extraterrestrial intelligence? Do you believe that it can exist or does exist or is there, is there room for that? This is like my most troublesome question in, in all of like alternate news land. You, you don't know. have to have a, a no, uh, I'm firm very... answer for it. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I, yeah, it's, of it's, course not. The, in this the space, loose answers are the best. <laughs> it's very hard to have a, a conclusional type of answer, which is kind of another reason why I wanted to do this because, you know, for a long time, personally, I was really into like ancient astronaut theory and mm -hmm. I could tell you everything based on the Bible and turn it right into fucking aliens. Yep. But recently, I don't really believe in aliens anymore. But but then I asked myself, well, do you believe in aliens, but just not have ones that have not been to this planet? Are there galaxies far, far away, like Star Wars, that stuff like this could exist? Right. Or humans could exist in some other capacity somewhere else or different beings or or whatever, because in a way that does kind of fit into spirituality, because if you believe that exists, then you can believe a totally different creation story uh, for your origin. And, mm -hmm. and when you equate that into your spirituality and stuff, it could change it in different ways. It could just magnify the, um, like, you know, taking it back to the fractal nature of things, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you could take our story and just magnet, you know, send it outward and it would be right. still the same because I have a theory that is not founded in science whatsoever. Maybe bro science. That's about it. That <laughs> I think life is so precious that the configurations we see on earth are the only ones that may exist. Like that's how specific life might be. Mm. Not to say that we'd all have the exact same features as the animals or hominids or whatever on earth, but that maybe intelligent life requires a certain uh, specific situation physically. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, completely not founded in any sort of right. ground, grounded science. It's just an idea and it might lead to other theories. Well, you know spirituality what I mean? doesn't have to be scientifical. It can be <laughs> however, <laughs> how scientific it, it can be. How I can make up words too, like homie Roman. Absolutely. Only one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> but to me, like, I feel like life permeates everything. Like any rock you overturn, there's life there. The mm. ground, the plants, the trees, everything, even on the deepest, darkest parts of the ocean, life exists. So how could life not exist everywhere else? Even some people believe in weird flying space squid or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, without uh, I know, spaceships. Yeah, I know that's a thing too. Like, or or sky things that we can't see, or maybe there's beings that exist that our eyes can't perceive because mm. maybe we were created to only see certain colors because they didn't want us to see them, or who knows? Oh, yeah, what. that's like one of my favorite things about the UFO idea is, especially like over the past 
you know, three or four years coming into more and more contact with the idea of, you know, from Nikola Tesla and other people of frequency and, and energy and all that. It just all seems to kind of fit right into this idea that like you turn a radio dial, right. And you get mm-hmm. further and further away from that frequency and you can still hear it, especially if you switch to AM, that's like the, the easiest evidence yeah. of it. It's like, or you hit the mariachi that- station and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was party. it's there just for a second <laughs> oh it's gone again you know and it's like so uh, most of the ufo footage that i've seen that's most compelling is when you kind of see them fade in and out of existence almost or they or that they change shape or change color or something or the light dims and gets bright or whatever and it all reminds me of that almost as if they're coming into our visible frequency and leaving Mm. on purpose on accident i don't know that's one idea but then i like you also almost take like the more sci-fi stuff out of it usually even though i'm rooted in my psychonautical experiences and yes the dmt elves and yes the interdimensional something or other i just have a different take on it i don't think it's extra this or inter that i think it's always here always around us all the time and it is about that frequency that visible field because the most Mm -hmm. intense psychedelic visuals and hallucinations I've ever seen that you have two different categories in my heart. Uh, one side is the straight up out of nowhere hallucination where, you know, I had a horrible thought, like I ate too much mushrooms and yeah, maybe a half ounce was too much. And, you know, it was after puking a ton and I started tripping harder and harder and I was just feeling really bad. And the world is a mirror and psychedelics really amplify that fact for you to show you that that's what the world is, that it is a mirror. Mm -hmm. And so I look down and I'm feeling really depressed and freaked out and insane. And I see the little frog from the, the the old WB commercials (laughs) from TV dancing with a top hat singing, kill yourself. It was the scariest shit ever, man. (laughs) It was so terrifying. Right. So that's one kind of hallucination. That's a really invasive kind of out of nowhere one, but my favorite hallucinations and the ones that are most intense and most ever present from each and every psychedelic I've ever done is the best example is that type of psychedelic artwork you see on all the psychedelic posters Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like almost like the Russian doll situation, but you can kind of see it. It's geometrical, but it's also there's layers and layers and layers and layers over the same image. It's fractal, fractal, it's fractal. Like the right? mirror in the background with the mirror and the mirror and the mirror and the mirror. And the that mirror kind of behavior. Like, yes. Yeah. So when I was tripping real hard, right. And this would come in and out. A lot of times you ask people about how the trip goes, they can relate to the idea of an ocean and the waves coming in and crawling back. Cause sometimes you'd get so lucid with your buddies mm-hmm. and start talking about the crazy shit that you were just experiencing. And suddenly you'd start heaving and hoeing and going, it's coming back again. And then you wouldn't even be able to have that conversation anymore for another 20, 20, 30 minutes. Cause you'd just be so gone. So it comes in waves, right? Same with these visuals. Once you get to the hallucinatory part, man, especially eye open hallucinations, the visuals 
come in waves as well, along with the, you know, the harder you trip it, the visuals get stronger. And you could look at a desk and instead of just seeing the top of your desk, you'd see the top of your desk in layers. And these layers are the harder you trip, man, the, the more color you see to each layer and more depth and definition to everything. It's just layers of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of see your whole room like that, it starts to look like all the palaces and all the majestic, beautiful artwork that you always see of heaven and, and all these magnificent realms and stuff like that from all sorts of ancient religious yeah. artwork and Hinduism. It's that they're just, they were really fucking good at depicting what that experience was like and i'm not saying it had to be psychedelics because it doesn't but man i don't know if you can get to that level of detail without psychedelics but what i was getting at what i was getting at real quick is that that's why i consider the inter or the extra i think it's all going on right now right here it's just we are trapped in a very specific mode of consciousness and maybe that's the prison planet very well couldn't be um i've heard some experiences of people that have had alien visitations uh equating it to uh what's that paralysis called Um, sleep paralysis sleep paralysis i've heard people having sleep paralysis and having alien visitation while their partner is in the bed next to them and their partner says but they never left the bed at all, but they still had had this encounter. So do you think, because you do host the show The Witness where you talk about alien encounters, psychedelics, uh, near-death experiences, and there was one more. What was the other one? Paranormal. And paranormal activity. Possession, so, things like that. Yeah. So do you think like a lot of these things are, are possibly just in the head? Because that's kind of like, where you're going when you're talking about that a little bit yes yeah well so and that's where i really i think i've done it in your presence before is quote dumbledore (laughs) yes (laughs) when 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 harry asks him is this all in my head or is this real yeah dumbledore says well harry of course it's in your head but whatever gave you the idea that that doesn't make it real and i know that there's this dare I say reductionist way to look at that quote and say, yeah, mental experiences are real. So therefore, well, they can definitely have an effect on your psyche for sure. Everything. Right. Of course. So so I think within that movie, within that book, that story that highlights a fake kind of magic an exaggerated form of what real magic is, um, there's a real truth in that quote there that it's, it's that everything is mental and that the idea of it physically happening in real life is the illusion anyway, because, you know, I'll it's go like the back intro to, like, to your show. Yeah. Kind, which part of it? What do you mean? We are the <laughs> illusion. Oh, that was a great quote from a, from picture of the year back in, I think, 
either 1960 something or early seventies network. If you haven't seen network, you should definitely watch it. It's all very predictive programming, I'm sure, but it was just a beautiful telling of exactly what the media is. It was all fake. And they have this prophet that starts freaking out and not reading from the teleprompter and saying how pissed off he is at everything and how fake everything is. Mm. And they use it. They're like, Oh, look, it's got all these numbers. Everybody's, everybody's watching suddenly. So they turn him into this big thing, you know, but Mm. yeah, that quote literally telling his audience, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. We tell you everything you want to hear. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, but more than that, because I think the matrix is really not about some sci-fi fucking computer game that we're all in. I think, that movie and series is more about like it uses that conspiracy theory conveniently while actually just talking about the matrix of the sleight of hand that the evil people do in this world that control everything. You know what I mean? But as for a real simulation video game theory, that to me is all real, but I mean, it's been hijacked by our contemporary tech world. It's a very consciousness based thing, you know? Emmanuel Kingman uses the term Mother Matrix, which is very interesting because Mar, uh, I think it's Mars and Mary and um, matriarchy. I'm, maybe I'm wrong a little bit, but there's something to do with like mate, ma, like Matrix too, and yeah. like the whole womb, the Earth is the womb. And it's like the egg, so it's being, so maybe we're living inside of an unfertilized ovary, or perhaps we are fertilized. No, 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 dude. Veganism has now taken over, so we're star seeds. We can't be eggs anymore. We have to be seeds. Okay, we're seeds. (laughs) That was just a knock to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, in that in that way of thinking if maybe we're all still within the womb mm-hmm. and we haven't really experienced life we're just sitting here waiting to experience life and we don't really experience it until we die maybe dying is just actually being born and that's the best explanation for the psychedelic the uh sometimes <laughs> alien encounter the paranormal and the near death experience out of body body experiences all uh suggestive of something more real than real mm. more real un, like undescribably like cannot get around it and can never get it out of your head <laughs> that real yeah. and maybe maybe it's built into the the womb maybe that we could maybe you could study you know, a pregnancy in a way looking for something like this, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to look at it on the micro scale to see what was enticing this child to come out. Was it our voices? Is that what the psychedelic experience is? It's that message to yeah. that greater realer realm or something. Yeah. Interesting. When we like, play a radio uh, song, said, for the, the that the, like the Milky way is the, universe's vagina <laughs> i haven't heard that that's interesting yeah uh, so i mean <laughs> so it, that's the coolest part man and this is another psychedelic revelation <laughs> i had when i was very young is that you can only say what this experience is like 
You can use similes and mm-hmm. you can use metaphors, but you can never name it. And you can never say what it actually is. You can yeah. only dance around it. It's so bizarre. Life is like, life is like. A box of chocolates. Um, yeah, or exactly the example you just gave, the Milky Way. Like The Milky Way is like the, the universe's <laughs> vagina. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's also like an electrical thing in electric universe <laughs> theory. And it's also this in the holographic theory. Yeah. Everything's fractal. <laughs> yes, I mean... Want. Um, that's another good point is like creating your own reality, but we can get to that. Sure. I'm sure I took us off the rails at some point. Here. Yeah, we can get to that. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll, I'll write it down. Um, give me a second. Uh, but so then the other thing it was is this, and this might only work for mushrooms, uh, because I haven't. I don't know what happens when you're on LSD or, or other psychedelics, but when you're on mushrooms, it makes your eye, your pupils really big. So you take in more light. Uh, do you think maybe like the world when you're on mushrooms is actually the real world and we're living in this condensed version because of our, because of our eyes, because yes. of our vision? <laughs> And to me, I've seen it. Well, here's the weird part too, though. I've seen it not happen to people and I've seen it happen on every psychedelic I've witnessed or experienced. So I've seen it happen to everybody, like regardless of drug, but then I've also seen it not happen to some people. It's interesting, but for the most part, it's across the board, uh, mushrooms, LSD, even DMT. Uh, they actually, you know what? I'm not sure about, um, salvia divinorum i'm Mm. not sure i could ask my buddy we used to do a lot of that on rooftops that was dumb (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i have and i kind of uh, agree with your analysis there too about taking in more light yeah Um, that is a really it's a an interesting giveaway it almost reminds me of like when you know, someone on their deathbed and like gets taken off the machine or something and has like five seconds left and like sits up and sees something or like starts talking to something, you know, it's like that, that scientific fact of the eye or the, you know, the pupil opening like that for light. It's just like, it's creepy almost. It's like, what the fuck are my eyes or are his eyes seeing that we're not seeing? Or kind of like, you know, when you like squint your eyes and stuff, you can make like light bend and do things um, or you see like shapes in the light when you're squinted and you're looking at a light, you can see like all these rays come off it or something. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's opening uh, or maybe it's an illusion that we're having because our pupils are taking in too much light kind of like a refraction from a lens or something. When you take a picture of a person, you get like a sunburst or you mm. get the red eyes and people's eyes and stuff like that. Maybe it's a, it could be that type of thing too, rather than it actually being the actual reality that we're That's not true. seeing. Perhaps. I mean, and, and yeah, so I don't know how the like, you know, reality we're not seeing idea fits into the other idea that everything's just mental anyway. You know, like, but I think, so how about that? I mean, put that into the whole scheme of this. It kind of forces the idea of the, the pupil opening to see that hidden world. Um, Like 
we control it yeah. <laughs> or like it's, it's based on our perception of it. It's like Aldous Huxley uh, talks, talked about the reducing valve of the brain. Have, it was in, go ahead. Have you ever tried to take psychedelics and then tried to take something into that realm with you? Um, imaginatively uh, like a person perhaps or an idea and take it into that realm uh like maybe like a dinosaur like you imagine this dinosaur with feathers and it's purple like <laughs> yes headdress so like, on and are it you talking carries, like and it has and it walks with like a cane or a lamp or something so you're and saying then you, can you bring that image of that pimp dinosaur into your your mushroom experience reality can is that a possibility so you're talking about like can you can you like put in the dev code and like start mapping your own world (laughs) yeah possibly like like, uh forcing your own hallucinations kind of uh yeah like creating your own hallucination i guess you could say because sometimes when you dream you can definitely have images in your head while you're before you're dreaming and a lot of times, like the last thing on your mind or what you've been thinking about a lot, it usually somehow influences your dream in some way. So right. like I'm saying, like if you if you like focus on a picture of something for a long time and then mm-hmm. eat mushrooms, can you take that in with you? Or when people have bad trips, is it because they're in a bad place yeah. mentally in reality and then they're taking all that bad shit with them into that realm also? Yes. So like, I was going to answer like that, like on a larger scale, it's a, it's all about you and you, and your, your mentality and, and your mood and what you've gone through. But actually when it comes down to it, like, you know, they always say that set and setting, you know, be in a good place mentally, mm-hmm. be in a good place physically, be around people or not, you know, that you're comfortable with or nobody, uh, and be in a comfortable place that's not threatening and don't have any plans and all that. Um, but I would say that the whole point of the experience, regardless of um, whether you're going through a lot of negativity or not, the it's supposed to be it's medicine at its at least this is what it was used for more than anything in our history and is you know, that part of it's becoming more popular again. So like the party phase is over. We get that. I think most people get that, that that's not, those aren't party drugs. They can be, but it's fucking, it's a waste, you know? Um, so the, it's kind of hard to put it all into words, I guess. Hmm. Help me out here. What was I saying just now before I got <laughs> sidetracked? Uh, we're talking about bringing it things into yeah, the so, realm. So yeah, the set and setting. What I was going to say was, I think regardless of your experience, it's supposed to be a jolt, no matter what. the The bringing things in is inevitable, absolutely, and it really is about your focus. I think someone having a really rough time of something and is hyper focused on something negative could absolutely have a horrible trip. And a horrible experience, but I would say related to how, um, you know, a practicing meditator who's also having a 
a really bad go of it, bad month, something you know, horrible things are going on and, and they are having a hard time controlling their emotions about them. They would also probably experience the same confrontation inside themselves mm-hmm. uh, as the person that did the, the deep dose or something like that. The, the only difference is I think psychedelics, uh, even on an allegorical level, represent a more materialistic uh aspect of the the wisdom so you know it, it's going to be more intense on psychedelics of mm-hmm. course it's going to be a bad trip maybe you don't have a bad scary <laughs> fearful meditative experience but you get the wisdom one way or the other and you get the the humbling experience one way or the other I don't know if I completely answered what you were saying about bringing it in, but yeah. Can you, can, well, could I like be like, man, I really want to fucking meet Darth Vader. I'm going to oh, try to bring man, Darth I was, Vader. I wasn't taking it to the right place here. Yeah. All right. Can so, I bring Darth Vader into this experience with me? I think. Can I bring the pimp dinosaur into this experience with me? Can, can I bring Darth Vader? My friend bring a stormtrooper. And my f- other friend bring Kylo Ren, and we can all meet up, and all of these guys will be in the realm with the with us. I think is, <laughs> I think you would be really surprised in the way in which all of those things do end up happening if you pay attention enough. But it won't be in the way that you're imagining it to happen. If that makes any sense. Okay. And that's always the best kind of twist in a movie too. Kind, where kind of like foreshadowing. Yeah. It's like when there's foreshadowing in a movie. So the entire audience is literally on purpose, anticipating a certain outcome mm-hmm. and that certain outcome comes, but it's in a completely different way than the audience expected it. Yeah. That's to me, like the movie version, the best metaphor for what the universe, how the universe likes to wink at us in psychedelic experience in in those deeper realms you really get a feeling of some sort of culmination culminative if that's a word consciousness winking back sometimes like yeah i'm here like the end of dogma when alanis morissette just like bops her on the nose and says (laughs) like when she asks what's it all about like that's your answer (laughs) see ya oh (laughs) Yeah, that's good, man. My little presence. I'm uh, here, but. Earlier, you were saying too, like how some of these temples and stuff look like, like places within that type of psychedelic realm. Yes. Um, do you think that maybe like there was a simulation on this planet and it somehow got destroyed, and these are the remnants of that simulated past? That now the program doesn't work anymore. It's kind of free for all. Uh, Man, I relate this to the the movie Free Guy. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, my wife and I saw that. Yeah, Yeah, so so in it, he gains consciousness and free will, right? Mm -hmm. But what if that they all got that free will and that consciousness? Somebody else built the whole world around them, but now they're generations past that and they're all this stuff is still in the world but they don't know where the hell it came from or how it got there because nobody built it and now they're free 
wandering around inside the broken simulation. I play a lot of video games, specifically open world survival games. And yeah. a, big, a big aspect of that genre is sandboxes. Um, the concept of a large sandbox, virtual sandbox, where everything can be procedural and 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 you're just building this massive thing and then you just knock shit down and you rebuild or do something completely <laughs> different. And, you know, you go into the like dev mode, like I said, and you can just terraform the whole damn place in some games. So I have kind of on occasion gotten some weird hintage from my internal maps of like, <laughs> this is like a giant fucking sandbox and it's just been used a bunch of times and whatever's creating it has the same damn mentality. It's the same personality over and over and over again. And it fails seemingly every time or something. Yeah, the same sets, the same, uh, same, same symbols, props and same, same symbols ideas. just using the same downfall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like Sim Fractal. City or something. Yeah, kind of. But I think the thing is, I think that video game metaphor that we're using, I think it's trite. And I think we're using it because of our contemporary worldview. And I, I think using that same frame of reference to look back at the older religions is really important, especially in conjunction with all the work that... uh that authors, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, David something, who wrote the immortality key. Uh, it's all yes. about the, you know, drugs. It's, yeah, drugs in it's, ancient times. It's putting psychedelics back to the beginning, which part of me is all for. And I think it's important to uncover that aspect. But I also think, once again, these same places have been reported in deep meditative states and fasting and all kinds of different experiences other than psychedelics as well. So uh, it worries me that we have a government friendly program regarding psychedelics in the psychology departments. Now that the government is accepting of our red pill, original red apple on the tree. So whatever, like that's not okay. So I think it's interesting to point out that they're steering the spiritual experience once again they just can't keep psychedelics in the bag so that one they can control they can't stop people from fucking meditating or sitting in silence you know what i mean it's kind of a tear on its own but yeah uh and then i was gonna ask about like the hero's journey do you think like maybe the hero's journey came about from these psychedelic experiences maybe in ritual uh, with whatever civilization or tribe that they were in, they were taking these uh, psychedelics to have their hero's journey and in a way kind of uh, create their own reality within this and and come out the other side with some type of enlightenment. To me, the hero's journey, it's one of my favorite, like the hero with a thousand faces is one of my yeah. favorite things in the whole world joseph campbell to me is like mr rogers <laughs> and um i think it's again i'm I'm a broken record with the fractal thing because yeah. i experienced before i knew who joseph campbell was on one of my first big heroic doses of mushrooms uh i think it was stropharia even the hero's too. dose yes exactly so uh, i didn't really know that at the time either hero's journey right <laughs> Yeah, literally. Right. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know Joseph Campbell. This was at the time period where I had, I think it might have been my third trip ever. 
And the first was a LSD trip that was visual more than mental. The second was Salvia, which was unsuccessful in many ways. And then there was this, and it was huge. Um, so, and I was disinterested in anything philosophical or psychological quantum physics. I, I was a baseball player. I, I like sports and, and music. I smoked a little pot. And then suddenly I came out the other side of this, like a fucking madman from another dimension. Um, but yeah, the hero's journey was a focal point for me without knowing the actual story because it happened to me in that trip. Um, I'll just go back real quick, just cause it's an interesting detail that this revelation of this trip only was able to be understood in a future trip. Mm. So I didn't remember most of what happened during that big mushroom trip. When I came back, I cried and I remembered it being the most uh, breathtaking thing that's ever happened to me. And I didn't realize mm. it was like a spiritual experience at the time. I, I just, yeah. you know, I didn't understand why none of my friends could relate to me that basically took the same amount they didn't have this experience. So uh, later on, I tripped again. <laughs> I ate, that was when I ate a half an ounce and I laid on my buddy's bed for like 10 straight hours wondering what happened. Something allured me in, like lured me into what happened during that initial trip. And I started to go into the whole thing. And again, I'm out now and, and I don't remember a lot of it. I remember the how meaningful it was, but I don't remember why, which is it's like a dream state. It is, but it's more than that. It feels like purposeful repression, which mm. is really weird. That's why I, I want to, I, I kind of want to do hip hypnosis at some point, yeah. maybe hypnotic yeah. regression, but um, to stay on this tear about the hero's journey, I had the experience of being like the ultimate Indiana Jones or Jesus Christ or the ultimate hero. And I was coming back to change everything and finally put every, like whatever it was, like everything was going to come to fruition. And I was a key element in it. And that sounds like delusions of grandeur, right? It's insanity, mm -hmm. right? And I came back recognizing that, that like when I came back from this, like review trip, I came back understanding that, you know, putting it into that perspective, like, okay, well, uh, I'm not God. So what did this really mean? And, and what the fuck? And then that summer, or maybe, no, it was much later. It was like three summers later, but you know, this contemplation just went on without a good community around to really bounce these ideas off of. So it went on and on. And then tools album 10,000 days came out and the song Rosetta stoned is about an alien experience kind of, but it's kind of about a psychedelic experience too. And a couple of the lines in that song made my hair stand on edge more than anything ever had before, because it was like major James Keenan was inside my head, like, mimicking or mocking my personal experiences that song is so creepy to me and still is i still get chills anytime i listen to it when he says 
overwhelmed as one would be if placed in my position, such a heavy burden now to be the one born to bear and read to all the details of our ending to write it down for all the world to see. But I forgot my pen shit the bed again. (laughs) And so I came out of that years and years had to go by and not understanding. And then I found Joseph Campbell and then I later found Douglas Hofstadter talking about, I am a strange loop and fractal nature of reality. And I realized that this, for some reason, there's this deep, deep, deep story that's embedded in consciousness of some, I don't know how it works and why it's there or how it's formulated, not suggesting someone implants it. I don't know, but Mm. it's that's it's vaguely a representative of every story in that hero's journey category. You know, the, the Luke Skywalkers, the Jesus is the every one of them. It's, Somehow it, it seems to come from an internal main original archetype, like the one. How, how old were you when you first did mushrooms, took mushrooms? 19. I'm we're, 36 now. <laughs> so were you <clears throat> spiritual at all before that? No, the extent of my spirituality was as a child, I was taken to Sunday school a few times. Mm -hmm. That's if I was taken every Sunday for two years, I, to me, it feels like it was six times total. Like I really did not have any religious upbringing other than the fact that we were Christian by association. Basically my family, my dad had a really great point. He loved the community aspect of church and everything. And we had a cool church that Eventually, years later, we went to in my early teens for a couple years when I don't know, at some point in my young teens life. But other than that, that was it. It was just in the backdrop of 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 life. It was nothing. And. um bef- I would say just maybe a year, maybe a year of my life at the age of 18, started to consider myself like agnostic mm-hmm. not not atheistic but obviously those are the only like people i was yeah. seeing in bookstores were staunch atheists rock stars basically yeah. badasses shitting all over the church and you know saying that it's a fairy tale and stuff and i was starting to jump onto that a little bit when i had this ex- this psychedelic experience so w- would you say that mushrooms were a tool to help you reach that spirituality level and think of things in a different sense. Absolutely. Or were you kind of getting into that already? So here's why it's the prior. It, It definitely elevated everything and it switched on things that had never been on before. I was starting to question things only on the level that, because I wasn't that, I was a good kid. I mean, I got into trouble a little bit, but when it came to drugs, I just kind of followed what my parents said for a lot of my young teen life. So when I was 17 and 18, I started to try to start realizing like, well, weed is showing me parts of my mind that I've never really experienced before. And none of it seems to be harming me, only giving me 
good experiences. So I started to go, well, what else is the government lying about? But it was a very shallow Mm -hmm. place. Psychedelics made me look back at my life before psychedelics as if I was a robot, just saying okay to to whatever circumstance life had in my way. When after Mm -hmm. psychedelics, it was like, well, wait, why is that happening? Yeah. And I had never asked those questions before that. Have you, do your parents, are they aware of your psychedelic use? So the next day that I did that huge trip, the one that I really couldn't remember very well and had to go back and review with another trip, I called my mom immediately, mm-hmm. like screaming the good news. <laughs> and with her very limited understanding of psychedelics, my parents mostly are very, uh, have both feet in the accept whatever the world is kind of telling you about things. So she had no concept about psychedelics. She just immediately thought I was doing crack, you know, or heroin. <laughs> it was terrified, but it took a long time. But, you know, she, started to really hear what I had to say. And she's pretty open-minded when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, when you can get past those surface level blocks that are put in place, you know? So yeah. she's been very accepting, but my father's just always been like, Oh, that's way too much for me. He'll smoke every, you know, that's about it. Smoke weed. Yeah. He used to anyway, you know, oh, okay. when he was younger, that he never did anything crazy though. Uh, have you talked to them before? Obviously, you talked to your mom about one. Have you talked to your father about it also? Or So it's hard to talk about uh, any of the really deep, interesting points with my father when it comes to the psychedelic experiences, because and I don't mean to to put him on the spot if he's if he's listening. I Well, no, he probably isn't going to be paying for your yeah. premium show, Dan. Sorry. No, he's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's he's he doesn't go near those realms. He can't, he just, his mind, like when I talked about those blocks that get put in place, whatever blocks my father has in his brain, just everything is way too weird for him to look at. It's not even like a bullshit or anger. It's that's uh, yeah. Well, Hey, maybe you did experience. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm not looking. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, have you, uh, do you have siblings and stuff? Yeah, I have a sister. Have you done? Sister. Have you ever done? Uh, I guess mushrooms or smoke pot with them, or yeah, or family members? I guess. Yeah, I've smoked weed and eaten tons of baked goods with weed in it uh, with my sister many, many, many times. Oh, okay, um, she does it here and there. You know, she's not not a not a smoker like I am by any means. But, um, uh, but yeah, uh, she's never done any psychedelics or anything like that. Okay. Have you ever told her about your experiences? Yeah. And she was, so the thing is my sister and I always had a very tight knit relationship and we always trusted each other really mm-hmm. well. We always had a good positive relationship. So, you know, not that she would just straight up go, whoa. And oh my God. But she believed her brother. Yeah, You know what I mean? She was like, holy shit. And, you know, over the years when I was like, dude, I'm telling you, like I would show her these synchronicities and stuff. But again, my sister is very much like my father in the sense where let's just kind of stay in this lane. Mm-hmm. 
this is you <laughs> know, straight and, lace, straight my wife personality. My, yeah, yeah. My wife would say maybe this this lifetime isn't their time to wake up or or something like that. You know, it's maybe we plant these seeds for for uh, another experience in this consciousness's path or something. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because because I'll tell you this that that uh, let's put the blinders on mentality permeates lots of stuff in what's going on today too. So it sucks. It sucks when like it went from a desperation to express how insanely amazing reality is compared to what my family thought it was, which they were like, Oh, okay. To now it's like how frightening and how controlling and like those blinders need to come off now, you know? Yeah. That's a different topic altogether, though. Is there anything that you practice in your spirituality, whether it be like yoga, praying, meditation? Do you actively do psychedelics on uh, some type of semi-regular basis to kind of help develop your spirituality further? Or is there anything you do like that? So I meditate not as often as I should. And I haven't done psychedelics in probably six, seven years at least. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting too, because I have DMT right here. Come and get me CIA. Come and get me FBI. I am. That's like a trophy and like a big thing that I'm just like looking at. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. Um, so I, for yeah. now, for a long time, it's been like my spiritual practice has been more towards the trying to get deeper into meditation over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm trying to level with myself that it's not a horrible idea to maybe give myself a little push after all these years and maybe do a psychedelic again to kind of just amp that part of me back up again or something. Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always say that you can get there without it. I really do. But at the same time, there's no mistaking that experience where meditation, all these other ways. And I really do mean this as legitimate as those other ways are. There's nothing compared to DMT. There's nothing compared to a high dose of LSD or, or psilocybin or, or peyote or any of it. Have you ever done any of like the Eastern or woo-woo uh, areas of like self-healing, whether it be like tuning bowls, sound healing, uh, biofield tuning, or any, any type of interesting thing like that? acupuncture i actually have cbd massages (laughs) i didn't even know that that was a specific thing it sounds fun i guess (laughs) Uh, no i you could actually get the lotions with uh thc in them too and uh, they can do a whole damn fucking body rub on you oh my god yeah it's ecstasy man i should probably take i should probably (laughs) buy some of that stuff um yeah, no, I actually really haven't. Uh, my wife has. My wife's done acupuncture, and she gets into a lot of different practices. My wife's good at like kind of diving into a topic and just 
seeing every little aspect of it, which is great. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so she's, she goes through a lot of different things, reflexology, like a lot of different mm. practices that you never reflect. tried any of them. I really haven't, man. I've, okay, I've, I'm going to, here's the reason why I haven't. And this may sound, I don't know, elementary or stupid, but it's just, I see it as whatever works for you works. And yeah. I know that if I, I'm in deep contemplation in the right mood. I don't meditate well. I really haven't for a long time, but if I'm in the right place and I'm really practicing it, you know, repetitively, I know that that's my method that works and I can do it that way because I'm yeah. aware that it's all the same place. So I think a lot of times and I'm not degrading it, you know, diversity is great, but I think a lot of people seek multiple ways because they're just not finding the one that's working for them the right way. I mean, other people will say otherwise. They'll say, well, this works for this for me. And then this does yeah. this for me. That's totally fair too. It's, I think it's, you know, a, it's very subjective. I think of it more as uh, different medicines to cure different ailments. So yeah, absolutely. whether, whether or not, um, but like I, wanna... I climb mountains. Is that spiritual? Absolutely. Very well could be. <laughs> it feels it. Yeah. And again, I, I, and just to bring it to the psychedelic shit, I always use that, that, that metaphor too. You know, uh, I used to say the opposite. I used to say, why meditate forever and ever? You know, why climb the mountain when you can take a jetpack to the top with psychedelics, yeah. you know, but my God, that my mentality has gone 180 over the past decade. And I, I think using that metaphor is perfect. Climb the damn mountain. The experiences had from trailhead to summit sense of accomplishment and, too, and then back fucking down from like these make you and break you. It's, and it doesn't have to be a 20,000 foot mountain, but you know, yeah. these experiences, it's, it's psychedelics are once again, it's a fractal. These ordeal experiences are a, a, a micro, a, a condensed version of a life well lived. It's the lessons you get over a whole life, but the cheat code is to fucking do it way mm -hmm. before you're dead. And that's what people, you know, die before you die. Life Jesus says it. They all say it. So have that fulfillment of knowing everything is okay. And you're going back to the same place you came from, whatever that is, have that in a meditative situation or this fasting or psychedelics, this ordeal, have that as a young man, as a passage into manhood, right? In many cultures, that was the yeah. case. So you get to experience that enlightened life rather than just having that enlightenment at death. Yeah. Would you ever do psychedelics with your child? I really don't as, even know as the like a coming as a coming of age type of thing, like you know, becoming a teenager, becoming a man situation. Like, let's go do this. Like for me, I don't I don't do psychedelics or anything. But when my son turns eighteen, I want to go get a tattoo with him. Oh yeah, as like a coming of age type of thing, you know. As like something we can do together and bond over. Um, I think that that to me is kind of would be like even getting a tattoo kind of has some enlightening properties to it. Uh, sure. Going through the pain to get the end result uh, can kind of be euphoric also. Um, Absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know the answer to that question yet. My son's four. 
No, and, I, know, I know that's why it's a long time out, but I mean, and that's, that's fine. It's a fair question though. Still, regardless, it's, um, I think what it's going to come down to is what our relationship is like, yeah. what, what he's like. And I think these are good factors to think about when anyone's thinking about doing something like that, because when it comes to psychedelics, the impact on relationships is massive. So, I mean, just like set and setting, if you have good relationships with someone, then tripping with them is going to blow the gates wide open on that friendship or or romantic relationship yeah you know start at least feeling like you're reading each other's minds becoming one all that stuff versus seeing fucking monsters mm-hmm. across the table or something <laughs> you know i, I think, know a lot um, of uh friends that have when they're in their teenage years were smoking weed with their parents too it's like so mm-hmm. you know what i, I mean that's so a it's dangerous thing I, that's kind of why like, i asked you about your parental situation if you yeah yeah because it's uh it's kind of an interesting aspect into the way that we're brought up also if is it is it that carryover is it that influence from the parentals or is it something that we do on our own you know Hmm. yeah that's interesting i think it all is carried down for sure i mean it, it does feel that way most of the time you know that it's we're the next it's like something, some organism, some object, something consciousness is reaching towards something and it keeps like, it's like a relay race mm-hmm. and that's what evolution or, or, or generations are like, we're, it's like, we're heading somewhere. Yeah. I <laughs> want reaching through generations to get there. I want to kind of give you a, a challenge or a dare, I guess. Uh, not not in too much of a like crazy f- manner but you said your wife is into some of those kind of um woo woo practices maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh just tell her one day that you would want to do a, one of those things with her and try a new different experience and see if you can equate it into your repertoire uh, as something that you would like to do in the future, because it could be a bonding moment for the two of you also. And uh, right. it actually make her feel more comfortable about that too. And you could maybe even learn from that experience. Dude, um, hitting me with some deep Dr. Love shit right there. That was good. <laughs> Seriously, uh, that's great advice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I... Uh, went to acupuncturist for my bell's palsy mm-hmm. and i got a lot of actually good results but then i got covid again and then he told me i couldn't go so i just haven't gone uh. but <laughs> i've gotten uh high a few times like I, I, I took a couple of hits from my weed pen uh mm-hmm. i know that how many i can take from my pen for what desired level of highness i want like one is like just going out to dinner with the family two is like <laughs> two is like i'm chilling you know watching tv three is like let's get fucking high and <laughs> four four is like what i take before i go to bed i take four fucking rips i get high as fuck and then i go to sleep and i enter my dreams and i'm able to like really like visualize my dreams hardcore and figure shit out and it's crazy that's i'm so jealous and so i have like these very vivid like reality type dreams where i can like manipulate my dream sometimes 
Um, not all the time, but sometimes I, I, I have that. But so I, I took like three, you know, I got high, uh, three rips from my pen and I went to the acupuncturist and then he did acupuncture on me. And what they do is after they stick all the needles in you, they just leave you in the room for like 30 minutes. Right. To just sit there with these needles in you and a dark room and just leave you to yourself. And already uh, I can tell you like without getting uh, high and going, I was having kind of like a, a bit of a euphoric experience, but I couldn't quite get there because I couldn't close my left eye all the way because of the Bell's palsy. My muscles weren't working and functioning. So I was kind of like, <laughs> my eye was like partially open and it wasn't getting to that spot on me. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get high. Then maybe I can really concentrate a lot better and, and get to that point. And uh, I had a crazy like hallucination type dream. And uh, something talked to me and and told me to uh, look for a person uh, by name. And then I, I tried to see if I could find it, but I couldn't. Um, but it was a very weird. I was like, oh, maybe that's part of like my destiny, you know, to find this person. Uh, so what you're saying, you looked up the name and couldn't find the person? Just on Instagram. That doesn't mean that person's not real. It just means I don't, oh, I couldn't wow. find them. You got a name. That's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I was like, oh, maybe that's part of my destiny. And maybe I should look into it or, you know, maybe it's the next chapter or something. Something's going to open up if I meet this person or whatnot. So uh, I didn't meet that person. I don't know who they are, but I don't know what it meant. You know, it was just like yeah. this very like, go find this person. God. It was like that to me. And and that was just from doing fucking acupuncture, man. Yeah, uh, man. So, I mean, there are, and I've always wanted to do like sound baths and sound healing and stuff like that. I actually have like a little sound bowl where you like rub the thing around the rim and it like vibrates and everything and uh, makes the, it's a little sound bowl. And uh, I've always wanted to do that type of stuff to see like, you know, if it could help me relax more i was always wanted to do acupuncture too it took me like 10 years for me to like actually do it and get bell's palsy till i was like yeah let's try it (laughs) because what do i got to lose at this point Uh, yeah i mean that's kind of how i feel about that uh hypnotic regression i've been talking about it since these psychedelic experiences and i have this is probably the best opportunity you know as a podcaster i have some cool resources you know, I know one person I can ask and, and probably get an appointment, you know, and you have some actual knowledge behind it. So you know what the experience is going to be like. You're not going into it just cold. You have yeah. some knowledge of it. And so I would say I would push you into trying any of those experiences rather than just the psychedelics or, or even just right. regular meditation, but try one of those woo woo things uh, because it might, it might set something off that you didn't realize before or, or have a positive impact or who knows, maybe a negative one too, but usually they're, they're pretty, they're pretty positive. It's all how you, know you go I mean. into it. Yeah. It's yeah. All exactly. How you go into it. You know, I, I, yeah. New experiences. Like I said, from the very beginning of, of our conversation, uh, yeah. Acupuncture sounds good. I just, yeah. Some, something out of the ordinary needed to poke me. Not that you're out of the ordinary, but like, you know, my wife always telling me about this stuff 
you know, no matter who you are, yeah. no matter what the topic is, when you when you're together all the time, it just goes in the background eventually. And and my idea of hey, maybe I should try that, just kind of like, oh, my wife's trying it for me. She'll report back. Like, yeah, not good enough, man. <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking about earlier. You gotta give and get, right? So saga. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to give and get. So. You know, I'm sure you like to talk to her about the podcast and guests you have oh, yeah. on. And she's kind of like, ah, oh, God, this shit again. Well, you have well, to. She loves it, man. She's into all the <laughs> same shit. I'm the asshole that is. I'm real. She like, yeah, man. Like, no, it's it's kind of like, she, yeah, she puts up with my shit. Oh, and, nice. you know, for sure. She'll, you know, and then I should. Yeah, I have, I always need to be a little bit more open about definitely her side of things it's the ego it's always the ego side that, that yeah. assumes we know more or something well i've been studying this forever yeah. so uh. like uh i love uh <laughs> when i listen to interverse chance will sometimes pull like an oracle card and uh do the show and then reveal what it is and then you can see like how much it has an effect or how i don't know like just like uh, I forget, the word's not coming to my head, but the destiny of the whole situation, how it was formed, mm. is is sometimes so incredible. It's like unmistakable. It's like there's no way you could have just came up with that and picked that card. Right. Like me and Roman did um, an interview with Navier Alora, and she drew a card for us out of her. Uh, Oh man, uh, what's Freya deck? She had a Freya deck, and uh, I was like, "Oh well, I have good Viking energy. I'm, I'm gonna get." <laughs> yeah. And uh, she drew the Freya card from the oh, deck, cool. and it's like ah, and so it, it had all kinds of connotations uh, to rising from the ashes and the whole show. Oh, nice. How we were like, you know. Uh, gaining popularity and experience and we were gonna um and have good influence over people in the future and everything yeah so i will say cool. that is something i didn't mention i didn't even think about but i i do that with my wife quite often because she loves oracle cards and oh, tarot excellent, and excellent. i just actually got her a new oracle or was it a tarot deck i think it was a new tarot deck i got her for christmas uh, oh, yeah. it was the illuminated which doesn't mean evil. <laughs> the illuminated deck. Light. Light. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. <laughs> so yeah, we do that a lot. And those kinds of things that you know, the thing that you experience with, you know, seeing what Interverse does a lot, you know, with his Oracle cards, that shit happens constantly, man. Yeah. Like, Isn't it so, amazing? It's so my, like my wife had like uh, a like- like a court thing to deal with a lot, like a while back. And she was really nervous about it. And every card she was pulling was all like judgment and like everything that had to do with legal and law. It was just like it. And the, and very good experiences as well. Like when we think of like, she's done many, you know, forces me, coaxes me into it. Like, no, let's do ask questions about your podcast and stuff. And, and like good things will happen and it'll, they'll make sense to me in a way that, only makes yeah. sense to me i'm like holy ooh, I, wow even, okay all right all right because every time you have to reflect in some type of way right you have to like have that reflection of yourself and say oh 
yeah, I could do that. That's or why I, I call could... tarot a mirror. It's yeah, to me, exactly. It's just a, a, it's another a reflection. Mirror. Yeah. Just like the psychedelic, as you're mm-hmm. saying, it's many, all these have different fractal, uh, ex- fractal impacts of the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like probability of dice rolling too. You ever purposely thought of some numbers and then rolled them or set them, set it over and over again and then got them, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, you're, you're, pu- that too. <laughs> yeah, you're putting, you're putting that into it. So even subconsciously you're putting that into it. Uh, when you when you draw from from the deck, your yeah, man, subconscious yeah. influence is coming from there. It's all about paying your attention. What are you yeah. paying attention to? And and the more attention and focus you give something, we were talking about quantum physics and and the superposition. You, we literally can collapse that wave function on, on our own accord, but mm-hmm. it takes a lot, you know. <laughs> That's possible. And, you know, the the synchronicities go back to the idea of, you know, from tarot and everything, uh, the, the universe winking back at us, man, the synchronicities are really that, that what the hell are they, man? It's, it's very bizarre because like just, just today, my wife, she's got this bird watching app. They'll listen first. And then, and so, so it it takes in like sounds of birds and everything and it'll it'll relate them. And it's very accurate. And man, what the hell was the name of the bird? Dude, this is going to blow your mind. This was so crazy. So she (laughs) sends me this thing where she sent me the, uh, the actual audio, um, so she heard a bird and she wanted to know what it was. So she analyzed it with the app and it came back as a downy woodpecker and she listened to it over and over and over again. And I've listened to it over and over again, halfway through the chirping, you hear some person off in the distance. It could have been, I guess, a, a like someone yelling out of a car, like a half a mile away says the word downy. What? Like, clear as day i don't know if he was like yelling about robert downey jr but it just it sounds like a far off distant half you just hear downing it's the weirdest fucking i'm gonna play it for you it gave me chills yeah i want to play it for you (laughs) i'm hoping it'll come through so here you go did you hear it no, I couldn't. Probably, hear probably not. Probably. It was probably always yeah. bad radio. Bad radio. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'll I'll send it to you if I can. If or yeah, something like um, that. It's creepy, dude. <laughs> and, and do do you so with your spirituality? Do you subscribe to any religious belief or anything, or do you just keep it kind of spiritual and go with the flow? I ascribe to every single religion I, I, I find, uh, no, not in a dogmatic sense and not in a devout sense, Pull a little bit an, from each one that in an intellectual sense, you, sense, because they're all the same damn thing. And I don't say that lightly. I know that that's a very common understanding that they all take from the same idea. I, I wouldn't say that's common. A, I would say that's like, is Blas- it not common at this point? Blasphemous. Well, maybe, maybe to say. some, I guess. Yeah, in certain <laughs> categories. But when we're talking in the larger circles of people thinking about these kinds of topics, it's becoming a universal fact. They don't know why. They're not saying why if they know why. But 
they're all interrelated. It's very obvious that they're all very interrelated. And it all just goes back as far as you want, because no matter how far back you go, you find symbols and evidence that there was this understanding or at least recognition of this ecstatic state of existence, this divinity. I, I You can describe it in a billion different ways than they have, mm-hmm. but it's all that perennial philosophy. I think it relates very deeply with natural law on some levels where there's something written in stone, but not stone, you know? And it's, uh, you feel like a wind-up toy in psychedelic experiences. I've definitely felt the, the idea, the concept of tabula rasa, uh, blank slate where we are all the same exact blank slate. And the only thing that's different is the encounters we have and the experiences that color us differently and color our souls differently, you know? Uh, so, so then my next question would be, do you celebrate holidays? And what, if so, which, which ones do you celebrate and which ones are you like spiritually aware about? But still, but don't celebrate it in the religious sense, maybe, I guess, celebrate it in the uh, material sense. So I grew up, uh, you know, red, white and blue American growing up with Santa Claus and Christmas and all that. And, you know, I've even kind of passed it down to my child now. And I'm, I know that in this community of like deeper thinking individuals, it's common to hear that they're kind of people want to do away with that. Not even just Christians who think it's just secret satanic symbolism or something. Yeah. Just even on a larger scale, people, I, I know that it's a thing that people kind of want to do away with it, especially with all the crazy shit we know about history and everything. Yeah. Um, well, every movie is about killing Christmas, right? Or and, saving it. Yeah, or everything is about saving Christmas. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I want. I don't know, man. It's like I think there's because I still look back at at the Santa Claus myth that I held in my heart as a child, I, and maybe this is the same reason why I didn't. I don't feel affected by predictive programming in movies. I felt I benefited from it, from it, whatever. I don't look back at that as like I was brainwashed or, or it's Mm -hmm. all bad tradition. I think if there's evil in the world, which of course I think, and I, you know, go down all sorts of conspiratorial lanes. I think the one thing they don't do is make up their own shit. I don't think the whatever's evil is giving us holidays to celebrate. I think these are very important times of the year that were recognized in either a neutral or if anything, a positive light uh, from the beginning of time all around the world. And uh, things are easily demonized and fear runs amok. And, and I think regardless of whether it's Santa Claus or, or whatever, I think Easter this Bunny, time of, Easter too. Something. Sure. Yeah. I think all these times of the year have a significance uh, on a natural level and a human level. And we've been forced to not know about a lot of it, you know? Yep. And I think with the Santa Claus thing in particular, I'm okay with it because I know that I'm not going to be pulling the rug out from under my son 
with nothing to catch his fall. No offense to my parents, but them like millions of other parents, like, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think in some aspects, it's important to give your children the imagination and not to strip them of of this sense. Like there's this spiritual world and like these, you know, fairies and Bigfoot and goblins and dragons are real. Like that whole fantasy idea. Like I, I think it's important to like, ha- like help them, like make them have that belief. Not, not make them, but uh, what's it called? Like, um, give them the tools, incentivize, or yeah, give them tools, or, or like, I don't know how to explain. Well, lead but, them towards or away. Uh, let them have that imagination. Yeah, because I think that builds strong character later, Absolutely. and uh, and creativity to be able to have that imagination. So I I know a lot of people will say like, oh, well, I was lied to as about Santa Claus, and that was my first conspiracy, and blah blah, blah. and that's fine, that's cool, but and I have no problems with that either because it it can be very heart heart fucking breaking, uh, to to see yeah, through that punch. veil or in that yeah, it's a soccer yeah. Sucker punch, yeah. It's not needed, but but and also, but it is. It is. I think we uh, growing growing up so fast, like it really takes away from your creativity and your imagination. And I think imagination is 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 really good. I think some people lose their imagination, and maybe that that sucker punch right there when they find out. Uh, affects people and maybe they kind of start to lose that fantasy they start to yeah. lose that imagination and when i was saying you know i didn't have a i didn't have anything underneath me when my parents pulled the rug out from under me about it like i was i was at the age where it didn't like break my heart anyway but it was it was a sucker punch and it hurt it was like all right so my sad suspicions were true all right well that sucks and that's unfortunate and i won't my son's not going to have that. I mean, God willing that I get to do it in the way that I imagine or whatever, (laughs) however it happens, I would like to have, you know, a pillow under there to suggest a couple of things. One would be don't ever let anyone tell you that a massive group of people can pull something off behind your, behind your back. And I would also say, don't ever let anyone tell you that that feeling you had when you thought Santa Claus was here, it wasn't real. And then yeah. go all into that path. You know what I mean? For give sure. him the give him the warning of what this Santa Claus myth can teach. But also, there's a lot of angles on the other side of it. There's interesting Scandinavian stories that you can get into to go I you tell know, my when, son when they're a little older. I tell uh, my know, son like, the Odin stories all the time. The Odin he's stories. Like, oh, dad, he's not Odin. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave what you want, son. I'm telling you lies. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is then there's the crazy, awesome psychedelic synchronicities there too with the reindeer and the, and the evergreen yeah. trees and I, the flying shaman and oh, the, yeah. all of it. So like, there's the Santa Claus myth. I think like, I think of all things in our culture are secretly 
kind of not bad for us. And I, I know my, if my wife does listen to this, she'll be immediately thinking about the satanic pedophiles. Not that, <laughs> not that she frames it that way, but she automatically goes to the children and goes, so, oh, so all of everything that happens is okay. Like, not, I know, I know, I know, I know, but you have to think of it from a, like a proto consensus consciousness perspective that it's it's a hard one. It's the same question as how does a person starving to death meditate and and love God and see the beauty in all everything? You know, it's. I think the reason why I ask about celebrating the holidays is because usually the holidays are associated with Christianity or with a religion, and we're not celebrating Hanukkah. We're not celebrating Kwanzaa. We're not celebrating, you know, these other holidays that other nations have. So why, why as a, a non-Christian or a non-religious person, are we still celebrating those things? Mm. And I, I kind of ask myself that a lot. And uh, so for me, with, with Christmas tradition, I decided, you know what? Fuck Christmas. Let's make our own tradition on Christmas. Wow. What'd you make? What's uh, so instead of like giving... um at the time I was married and we had, uh, I had a stepson and a son. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting them a bunch of presents, we said, let's get them one present to say, okay, here's your Christmas. But then let's go on a vacation somewhere and give them a lasting memory that will never leave. Mm-hmm. Instead of a present, they're going to forget about in two months or whatever else, some material objects. Let's give them a lasting family memory and use that and instead of decorating everything with santa claus and all this other shit let's just do i i think one year i just did nature and did like squirrels and owls and (laughs) and different uh, rain and deer and stuff like that Mm -hmm. even reindeer and whatnot but made made it more naturey rather than all santa claus out and everything like that dude that's literally what my wife uh came to me about this christmas she's like so i was thinking i want to go through all the old ornaments and kind of get rid of a lot of the hokey americanized christmas stuff i mean <laughs> she's she's following along with a lot of our roots of creation stuff and mm. all my crazy babblings about ancient yeah. history so she she gets it she's like you know i i feel fake doing a lot of this mm-hmm. And, and, but there's some things again that we both have cherished memories and I don't think we have to throw them out. You know, I, yeah, I really I don't. don't. If, if no, and I don't think you do either. Just like, I think, you know, a lot of throwing the baby out with the bathwater happens when you, mm-hmm. you know, you come to truth and you, you'll yeah. realize more shit. And the reaction is to go the opposite direction. Usually that's how it goes. That's how society gets into these stupid pendulum swings, by the way. And it's like, Let's let's find a good place in the middle. We got here with this stuff for a reason. Let's let's try to hold on to what it really what really means something. So we held on to the Christmas tree, but you know, we got rid of the 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 snowman on top of the Christmas tree and we put this beautiful homemade star that that Kate made out of oh, you know, wood that 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 my wife and my son went for a nature hike See, and got the materials to make. 
You there know? you go. That's so, even and she made right a bunch there. of ornaments like that. And, and she was starting to sell ornaments to some people. And it was a beautiful thing that brought us more back to the, the nature um, representation. Mm-hmm. We, we put floral stuff all over the house. We went heavy yeah. on garland instead of lights. I mean, what, a, uh, what an interesting concept that is how you see a lot of tons of lights yeah. on places or you see a lot of garland on places. It's like nature versus that electric thing, you know? Yeah. I remember too, uh, telling my roommate that I had, uh, a lot, you know, cause we, we had kids there around the same age mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I, I'm kind of over this Christmas stuff. I want to like celebrate other people's holidays on Christmas. Like, you know, do like menorah, a menorah and do the Jewish thing or do Kwanzaa and celebrate it and eat their food, eat what they ate too. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and that was always the thing we talked about. And then this year he was like, Hey, uh, Daniel, I'm going to, I'm going to do Hanukkah with my kids this year and we're going to do it by like how they do it. And just to teach them something different uh, so they don't judge people for their different beliefs or whatnot and so that they can they can understand why other people do those things because they've had that they've done it before and now they it's accepting to them instead of some foreign weird thing that they are scared of or hate or something like that i think that's a another cool idea is to is to embrace the other cultures and celebrate with them or, you know, and follow in their traditions uh, just to get out of the habit of, of the same thing, because a lot of the traditions that we do celebrate aren't really ours anyways. And so why not? Why not? You know, it just makes you a more well-rounded human. Um, Exactly. And so because it would be blasphemy. That's why. (laughs) uh, Who, you know what, if it makes you a better person, that's all that really matters, you know, Damn and right. as long as you bring your family together and like you said, you guys, uh, they hiked and then they built it together. I mean, how much it doesn't get any better than that. You're creating no, that no, memory man. together and you're building that. And I think a lot of, it'd be great if a lot of people could start doing that, especially people that aren't super religious or even people that are super religious and yeah, realize man. that Christmas is not their cup of tea and and maybe keep the day but just change it up a little bit do something different there's no reason why we have to do it the same way every year either appreciate the shortest day of the year and the return of the warmth and sun and saving life force all right you know what's wrong with oh because the sun's evil or something right yes just (laughs) so you know but come on i mean it's it doesn't have to be a particular thing, you know, it can be whatever you really want it to be, or it can be a mix match of whatever. It's funny, you know, the guy showing his kids the different traditions, it's like, and then someday he can just tell them, and hey, guess what? It's all part of the same book. Let's go read about it. Or the same yeah. cultures, you know, the same well, borrowed stories. <laughs> We're yeah, actually but, celebrating a Sumerian story right yeah, now. It's like I read, I'll read stories to my son about christmas or easter or something you know that's alternative yeah uh just to show him like hey like it's not always the way that it seems like sometimes things are actually a little bit different but you can Mm. still have imagination don't don't lose the imagination but maybe think about this other idea a little bit too 
But um, well, it's also oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead because I was going to finish. Well, it's part. it's it's also interesting because like yeah, all the ways in which the uh, hidden world is shown to us is all the ways in which it really isn't. Mm-hmm. So once you get get mature enough to like see religion as like the 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 fairy tale that the contemporary humans tell each other it's about yeah you throw that right out so fast because you already went through santa claus you know this bearded character and this hocus pocus isn't real it was stolen from you already so that that's it's easy to go the total opposite direction, you know, and go away from the the goodness that you can find in <laughs> the metaphors of these stories. Yeah. My son will be like, he lost a tooth and he's like, dad, I put money on the, I put a tooth on the pillow and the tooth fairy didn't come. I was like, shit, son, I didn't go to the bank. I have to go to the bank. I'll, <laughs> I'll put it under there tomorrow. And he'll be like, what? What do you mean? You're the tooth fairy? I'm like, no, I'm not the tooth fairy. I just exchanged the tooth fairy's money for real money because she doesn't have real money. <laughs> she has gold coins. Yeah. What do you do with the gold coins, Dad? <laughs> and then one time I had just put, uh, he lost a couple different teeth while he was here. And I, I put in like uh, coins from all over um, the planet, you know, from different countries and shit. I gave him like five, a Portuguese coin, a Japanese coin. And somebody, he's like, look at this. I'm like, oh yeah, she probably went everywhere last night. So that's probably all the change that she had left. That's cool, man. Yeah. But you know, that, that just, just real quick, it, it made me think of something. Uh, not that, and that, I think that's cool. I, it's interesting how creative culture is getting with uh, like, convincing kids of santa claus like now now being a dad and people are conspiracy theorists are making jokes about it like flat earth is saying like well i mean you're questioning if the images of the earth are are real or not or if any of this news is real or fake well they're broadcasting santa claus and it's like (laughs) yeah man they are they're broadcasting i mean maybe they did that as as when i was a kid on like local weather stations or so and santa claus there he goes this is like tracking him as if it's real and like taking it super super serial and there's apps my wife found where like you just type in certain things and they do deep fakes for santa claus to say the kid's name and this and that and like oh, a man. personal and it's like yeah i got letters from santa claus too it's just like the tech and the everything of our culture is so hyper everything that it used to be that it's like to me maybe i'm just having old man syndrome but at the same time it's like this is a little much like they're making a little bit they're making it a little bit difficult for me to put that pillow under pulling the rug out from under him jesus christ they're making this so (laughs) fucking real yeah (laughs) you know so that like personal message thing my wife was like showing it to my son i'm like wow this is amazing is this amazing (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say is your uh my last kind of final question here is is your spirituality significant to your growth as a human? Yes. But again, I've already admitted that I don't meditate as much as I should. 
And so I would say my spirituality isn't necessarily just a spiritual practice of that sort. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really got into Taoism after like during psychedelics that like it, I went from like reading about psychedelics to reading about like Harvard professors that were doing psychedelics. And then they took off to India. And then sure enough, I was into Hinduism and Buddhism and, and all that. It's like a very, it almost feels like a planned pathway or something, but regardless of that uh, it's the path that many people take after these kinds of experiences. And they end up in these other Eastern religions and Taoism always kinds of kind of gets into those realms where like what is spirituality and what part of your life is spirituality Mm. where the goal of meditation is not to sit on the ground for 10 minutes or 20 minutes every damn day for the rest of your life. I mean, this is only one perspective, but I, I subscribe to it is that you're trying to bring the mentality and the practice that you're doing walk in contemplation into the rest of your life. So in all sorts of spiritual practices all over the world, new age and old age and whatever you want, you find repetition, 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 repetition. The whole point of that repetition is to change your neural pathways into accepting that new form of life, that new form of reality, that new mental pathway, that new perspective, whatever. So meditation the practice of is a repetition to try to train your brain into that slower, more thoughtful, more mindful mentality. And uh, I would, if you haven't heard of it, look into walking meditation. Mm. Uh, It isn't just walking, but it's literally taking that step of trying to bring that calm, that clarity more and more and more into your daily life. Uh, a good example for me is doing the dishes. That mm. to me is a form of, I mean, it could be, um, fuck, I'm losing the word, but I mean, it's basically uh, a f- like a form of spiritual practice. It's a form of uh, walking meditation, if you will, where uh, you are the dishes and there's Mm. nothing else around you my kid and my wife are playing yeah it's my time to just zone in and just (laughs) get get it all done from the whole day that my wife has been dealing with a monkey jumping off of everything Uh you know like so to bring my force into it and just go into it and i love the old buddhist parable where it's like before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. It's all about how you are visualizing this experience and, and everything. Yeah. So it's a very integral part of my life. Yes. So, Just so not I guess in, uh, I have like a one a follow up to that is that sure. Do you have a goal for your spiritual self? Is there a place that you eventually want to reach? Do you think that there is? something to reach for in your uh spirituality uh, do you find meaning in reaching that yeah i think uh so i have a, do often have a hard time kind of separating what my spirituality is from the rest of my my conscious path where it's like it's all spiritual to me because it's all it's always been that 
that deep rooted hero inside of me playing out his tale and every part of it is, is dramatic and every part of it is important and, and uh, uh, transformative. Um, and because of my psychedelic experiences and, and everything they've led to, I've really been able to see how beautiful that fractal perspective is of everything you can be on acid and stare at a chair and watch it turn into the meaning of life, you know, and, and, and find ultimate meaning in every single moment. And uh, yeah, to, to basically expand those moments into your whole life is the goal. And my goal is to do just that is to be just become as, as, as much as possible, live in that perspective and, pass it on to others either through like a means like podcasting like this, where I have an appropriate um, situation to express it mm-hmm. or influenced by example in my personal life and try to stop doing what we're doing now in my personal life outside of the mic, away from the mic and try to just help by example. Yeah. rather than yell and, and not yell, but, you know, babble on and on about things and try talk about it, not forcing it. the teaching rather yeah. than just being the teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's how I'd sum that up. Be the musician, not the musician teacher. Yeah, be the music, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be the music, man. And right, be the man. music, man. <laughs> well, thank you, Andy, for uh, joining me today on uh, Devil's Advocate. I appreciate it. And uh, until next time, people. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Grow and ascend.